When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for downloading the latest episode of Positively Trek. We could not do this podcast without the support of our Patreon supporters, including Carl Morris, Joyce Marin, and Jim Stoffel. If you'd like to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash positivelytrek. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, shoutouts, associate producer credits, and more. Thank you so much for your support. And with that, let's get on with the show. Boy, I'm just done working out. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. But not because it's so hot here. It's because I was just working out. But Dan, where you live, it's been hot. It's been unseasonably hot where I am. And and granted, I'm in northern Alberta. So, you know, usually not that hot. We're kind of wusses when it comes to the heat up here. But yeah, it has been hot. And uh, I'm really excited to learn more about why it's been so darn hot here. It's this something called a heat dome. I don't know. They talk about it on TV. I I wish we had somebody that could interpret all that stuff for us. Hmm. As a female voice enters the chat. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Katie Nicolau? It is indeed. Hi, guys. Hey, Katie. Welcome to Positively Track. Welcome back. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, I am very positive that we will finally have some colder weather coming your way soon. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for someone like me who lives in Atlanta, where it does get hot, it's so interesting to look at the Weather Channel app and see the forecast earlier this week that showed us in the highs of the 80s. And then I would look at where Dan lives and it would say a high of 106 Fahrenheit. And I was like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't even get that hot here. (laughs) Oh, it is incredible. Mother Nature just completely backed up and created this basic dome a heat dome and it absorbed all of that heat from the southern united states and just pushed it north and it kept it there and it was just meteorologists watching it from afar we just had our jaws on the floor we're just like oh my gosh so hopefully you stayed cool because that is unearthly hot (laughs) well speaking to people from uh the southern u.s y'all can have it back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw someone on TikTok, they were from Canada, and they're like, hey, Texas, you know that snowstorm we sent you a, a, a few months ago? Yeah, we're sorry. Can, can you take, come and get your weather back, please? It's it's awful. Agreed 100%. <laughs> um, it's like, we'll, we'll just switch and we'll keep our respective weathers for the near future. Well, Dan, you can send some snow our way because I I know my daughters would love to have snow this winter. Hey, I mean, you know, honestly, as much as I'm complaining now, uh, at that point, you can have that too, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> You want to stay like a neutral 60 degrees? That would be cool. That, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> well, let's talk about Star Trek so we can cool down, okay? But then love again, it. we might get heated. You never know. Well, ah. as a certain someone said, it is very cold in space. <laughs> Good impersonation there. And looking at Katie's background on Zoom, she is in space. I am indeed, which is Broom Nebula, my prettiest, most beautiful background I could possibly have. Oh, I love nice. it. <laughs> well, we came up with a topic today, which we, you know, we've talked about certain things in the show, like our favorites of something or another. So this time we want to talk about our favorite bridges on starships. 
And so I think this is going to be an interesting conversation because I was thinking about it a lot last night and my answers kept changing a little. So I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. But before we get to that, just want to tackle a couple of Star Trek news items. So it looks like we've got some information about a new Star Trek Picard novel that's coming out in April of 22 by one of our favorite authors, Una McCormick, and it's called Second Self. And it's a Raffi story. Yeah. Oh, really? Really excited about this one because unlike the Picard novels we've gotten before and the one that's still upcoming from John Jackson Miller, which are all kind of prequels and and backstory, this one looks to actually be set between season one and season two. So kind of feeling like a traditional Star Trek novel set during the run of a series, which is, which is definitely interesting. Uh, we haven't really had that Except for, I, I guess, Discovery Una's recent one kind of did that as well. But uh, yeah, we've never seen this for Picard before. Because at the end of season one of Picard, we really don't know where they've gone, right? I mean, we don't. I just figure they're out in space somewhere. Yeah. Running around, having fun, causing mischief. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of. A bit of like Firefly, they're kind of off on their own doing their doing their thing, and then I always think of the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, where they're like, "What do you want to do? You want to cause some mischief? You want to do this? Bit of both? Bit of both? Like that's kind of what it feels like. They're just off doing stuff, I guess. Maybe that's <laughs> what they're doing, right? Causing mischief. <laughs> yeah, I think I that elderly little scamp Picard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a blurb. So I, I, you know, Dan likes to read the blurbs on the show and I, I think we should read this, but you know, in some small way, it's a little bit of an indication of what happened after we last saw them in season one. Okay. So warning, if anyone's not watched Picard season one, there might be a bit of a spoiler here, but I think if you're listening to this, you've watched Picard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, it goes as follows. Following the explosive events seen in Season 1 of Star Trek Picard, Rafi Musiker finds herself torn between returning to her old life as a Starfleet intelligence officer or something a little more tame, teaching at the Academy, perhaps. The decision is made for her, though, when a message from an old contact, a Romulan spy, is received, asking for immediate aid. With the help of Cristobal Rios and Dr. Agnes Girardi, and assistance from Jean-Luc Picard, Raffi decides to take on this critical mission, and quickly learns that past sins never stay buried. Finding the truth will be complicated. And deadly. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun! It always has to end with a (laughs) dun-dun-dun. I know! (laughs) And a dead red shirt. Yep. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll have to put the TOS music, death music, at the end of every yeah. <laughs> I find this a bit interesting because it shows that Raffi would return to Starfleet, which is I'm a bit surprised with. Yeah, that line jumped out at me as well. I like that, you know, she's been proven right in her kind of conspiracy theory, what was dismissed as, you know, rantings of a disturbed woman i guess i don't know but she's been proven correct she's not crazy and yeah maybe starfleet has reached out an olive branch because of their actions in star trek picard and it would be interesting if that option is presented to them for sure well for it's interesting that those are the two options it's like oh could rejoin the intelligence or i could go and do the academy or yeah something with starfleet it's like Wow, so Starfleet is the only option you're turning towards. (laughs) Which, which, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll, of course, be interested to read this story. But, I mean, you think about what what they did to her. That I think she'd be like, no, 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 no. I am not going back to that. I'm doing my own thing. I'm getting my life back together, but I don't need you. You weren't there for me, Starfleet. You abandoned me. I'm not coming back. But then again, that was her attitude towards Jean-Luc when she saw him. (laughs) so maybe he convinces her to go back yeah that's that's definitely a possibility and i'm sure there's a lot of cuss words going on in that exchange oh (laughs) absolutely (laughs) you know i just had a thought and i'm not going to put it past the author and the powers that be behind the books uh from for pulling like some sort of timeline 
type thing. We know there's some weird stuff happening in season two. And there is the Discovery <laughs> novel, spoiler alert for Star Trek Discovery novels, by the one by Dave Gallanter, where it turns out like we're in an alternate timeline for most of the novel and that kind of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not, this is very outside chance, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some shenanigans going on here and we find out like, oh, this isn't maybe our Raffi or something. I don't know. That's a good possibility based on what we saw of that teaser trailer. That that could lead into that. Interesting. Good call, Dan. <laughs> now I'm even more interested. When are we getting season two? We still don't have the date, right? We just know it's next year. Just, yeah, 2022. We just have a teaser. Yeah. <laughs> A beautiful, beautiful teaser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about novels. It's just like, ugh. I get, I get as excited about novels as I do the series. So Yeah. Oh, well, some of them, like, uh, I know, oh gosh, what is it? The Voyager novels, especially. I have really been getting into them lately. Yes. Okay, great. Because we've read all of those. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you've re- you're reading the ones like by Kirsten Beyer? Have you got to oh, that gosh. point? Probably. I don't. I have not even looked at the author. I've just been like, "Oh, hey, look, Goodwill book, yay!" <laughs> like, that's the entire thought process. Okay, because there's like post Voyager novels, you know, that takes place after yes. they get back to Earth and stuff. The majority of like the first few were written by I know her name. I can't think of it right now. Do you know Dan? Um, Christy uh, Golden. Christy Golden. That's it. Yes, <laughs> Christy Golden, and then. Um, but then she wrote a few books and then Kirsten Beyer took it over from there and went on for, and, and Christy Golden, by the way, went on to um, do a lot of Star Wars novels. But anyway, nice. um, Kirsten Beyer works on Discovery and she's the one who started, helped start Picard. She's one of the showrunners. Really? Yeah. And, she, oh, and we've, cool. we've interviewed her on the show, even on her last Voyager book. So yeah, those are really great books. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is awesome! So yeah, uh, yeah, you're you're in for a treat by reading those. I highly recommend Sweet. those. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you about another one of our favorite authors, John Jackson Miller. Now he's also written Star Wars books and comics and stuff, but he then he ventured into Star Trek, which I was very happy about, and he's been writing quite a lot in our universe. And he wrote a Star Trek Discovery novel called Die Standing. And that came out a couple of years ago. Hmm. And uh, it was nominated for a Scribe Award this year and won for Best Original Novel, Speculative. Wow. And this is with the International Association of Media Tie-In Writers. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So yeah. congratulations, John Jackson Miller. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. Very well deserved. <laughs> this was one of my favorite novels of the last few years which you know i ha- i always have to preface by saying one of my favorite because people can track through what i say and and i i call a lot of things <laughs> that so you know granted but this was an excellent story mostly centering around the mirror Giorgio and how she's kind of uh coping in in the modern world of the 23rd century so it takes place before they go to the the 32nd century and all that very very good novel highly recommended if you haven't read it Ooh, I'm right. taking it that Katie has not read it yet. <laughs> no, I haven't. But now I'm interested. Yes. You have to read the Discovery novels. You just have to. Yeah. I have to just read in general. I have not been reading as much as I should be. And uh, I just started picking up a couple more of the books that I've just accumulated. So we're getting there. <laughs> well, just so you know, because I also know that you're a Star Wars fan and so is Dan, that John Jackson Miller wrote the Kenobi novel in 2014 and won the same award so this is his second time winning this award dang all right and trivia here kenobi is one of two star wars novels i've ever read and i really enjoyed it it's very very good Ah. only two what was the other one you read dan uh the other one i think was also by john jackson miller and oh what was it called i think it was like one of the very first ones in the new continuity i can't remember the title though a New Dawn. A New Dawn was the name of it. Yeah, the- well, okay. Yeah, uh, duh, yeah, A New Dawn. That was the very first novel in the new canon continuity. Yeah. And it was leading into Star Wars Rebels. Interestingly enough, uh, I, I had not seen any Star Wars Rebels or anything like that. Uh, I finally just finished Star Wars Rebels, so 
uh, it all ties together there and makes sense in my head now. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, okay. We're not here to talk about Star Wars, even though Katie looks like Princess Leia right now. Oh, yes. Those lovely headphones. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, that's... Oh, no, we're not done with news because, you know, I said how much I love novels. Dan has, like, really grown to love trading cards more and more mm. each day. <laughs> And we got some trading card news, and I'm throwing it to him to update us on this, because there's something interesting in this piece of information that leads us to some new Star Trek stuff. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so my my enjoyment of these have kind of paid off, and it looks like we got a little bit of news. Maybe. This might be just speculation, but I have a feeling that uh, this maybe comes from someone in the know a little bit. But uh, the next Star Trek trading card set that was going to come out is uh, Women of Star Trek, and um, it's kind of art art based around them. Yeah, it was originally supposed to come out in August, but recently on the website, it's been pushed to October. And of course, they have a message board on this website and people have been asking, you know, why the delay? Uh, so Steve Cherendoff, the president of Rittenhouse Archives, the company that creates Star Trek cards, uh, wrote this. So he says, apologies for the delay with women of Star Trek. We actually had some late breaking opportunities to add more signers, including Kirstie Alley, Catherine Hicks, Nicole DeBoer, Mary Chifo et al. So we decided to take advantage of that. It also appears that the first episodes of Star Trek Discovery Season 4 will begin airing in December and run through March. Now, he does have in brackets here, as best I can tell. So this may be speculation on his part, but I have a feeling he's gotten some sort of indication that that would be the case. So a little bit of news through back channels that that might be when we're getting Star Trek Discovery is December running into March of 2022. That is not surprising to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it makes sense based on other stuff we figured out as to what all needs to get aired in 2021. But yeah, still, we haven't gotten official word on any kind of release date other than this year from official sources. So I thought this was an interesting little tidbit that may pan out to be true. So the holidays look brighter. Yes. Mm. I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, So here's, here's, here's what's so funny. Like I went to the dentist the other day. I think we talked about this on the show. Like time goes faster when you get older. So (laughs) I know Katie last time you were on the show was like months ago, but for me, it feels like weeks ago. So that's what I mean. Oh, like, yeah. It's faster. It, it's strange, isn't it? Like, time doesn't exist right now. Oh, yeah. I think of things like in my childhood where I was like, oh, yeah, like uh, that, like I was friends with that guy for a long time. And then I realized, oh, no, we were only like friends for like two years. Like, and mm-hmm. to me now, two years isn't much of anything, you know, but it felt well, it's like because long. when you get older, you have more time to reference. So when you're younger, you have a very small window of time. So everything feels much slower. And I've been thinking about this recently because it does feel like everything. Every year goes by too fast. Yeah. It's not just because I'm in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> it need, They need to make like a sci-fi Star Trek series that, uh, or not series, uh, by an episode where like maybe time runs slower for younger planets and <laughs> runs faster for the older planet or something weird like that, that you know? Some weird timey-wimey thing or whatever. But why am I bringing this up? Oh, I'm bringing this up because it's like, I think, oh, December, that's a half a year from now. And then I'm thinking, ah, it will be here before I know it. And by that time, we'll have season two of Lower Decks through. We'll probably already be into Prodigy. We'll be going into Discovery. And then we'll probably have an answer about Picard when it's like, it's just so wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) Am I gushing? I'm gushing, aren't I? Oh, yeah. But it's okay. Okay. (laughs) It's something worth gushing over. (laughs) Exactly. So, oh, well, I didn't even notice we had another story in here. This is news to me. So, Dan, I'll let you take this because what? Wait, wait. Katie, I know, speaks a little Russian and this has something to do with Russia. What (laughs) is this, Dan? (laughs) (laughs) So, this was a weird one. And I just stumbled across this this morning and added added it to the notes here. Uh, This is from the New York Post. So William Shatner apparently is going to be hosting a new television show on RT America, Russian state-run television in the U.S., uh, which is very odd. So What? Yeah, he's going to host this new show called I Don't Understand. Uh, and the, the concept behind the show sounds interesting, 
It's. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I just pictured George Takei, and he the shows about him not understanding why George doesn't like me. I don't know. <laughs> mm, yes. So the TV show it does look interesting, and it, it's it's him talking about questions that he has, just how much stuff is in space, as in like space junk and that kind of thing, or. You know, should I worry about space debris falling from the sky? What is dark matter? Are we alone in the universe? What was before the Big Bang? Sounds fascinating. Odd choice to uh, go with RT, uh, Russian television here yeah. in the U.S. So. Hmm. I mean, I always knew he was strange uh, just from meeting the man, but that that's strange for him. <laughs> He's not Russian, is he? Nope, he's Canadian. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, like, he, he doesn't have Russian ties with his ancestors or anything, right? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, it's possible. But he's he's been facing a lot of backlash from people online and, and certain quarters about this. And he's defended himself, his decision to do this. I don't know. This This just all seems very strange. I was reading this this morning as I was waking up going, what the heck is going on here? Well, because he played Kirk and he had Chekhov on the bridge with him. And, yeah. and Walter Koenig played Chekhov. And so since Wim Shatner always forgets the actor's name, he's making up <laughs> for it by going on a Russian TV network. That makes as much sense as anything I've heard. So. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, very strange. So, yeah, the the editor-in-chief of RT, Margarita Simonyan, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly that at all, right. uh, welcomed Shatner to the, to the network by tweeting, Captain Kirk went over to the side of good, uh, as she tweeted on Ru- on Wait, in what? Russian on Twitter. <laughs> so, there's some Ooh. weird stuff going on. I don't know what's happening. More to talk about, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> You hit 90 and everything just goes weird, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it all has to do with money, I'm sure, right? So, um, but no, I mean, I've, I've watched RT a few times. I'm not a regular watcher of it, but yeah, you know, this is, it's just, yeah, another network it's that's content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, check it out. So when does it come on? July 12th? Yeah, I see a tweet that says July 12th. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's right away. So this has been in the works for a while, apparently, flying under our radar. <laughs> it makes me wonder if this is something that he produced or him and some other company produced together and they've been trying to shop it around and nobody was taking it. I mean, I'm I, this sounds bad. That's like, you know, oh, their last resort was RT, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... I, I don't even know. That can't be it. I would think somebody else would have jumped at this. I don't know. But it is kind of odd. But good for RT. Good job, guys. You got William Shatner. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, the world gets stranger every day. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm going to watch. I don't know what time. We don't know what time. I'll, I'll look in my listings and all that to find out, and I'll watch it. I'm going to put on my schedule to watch sure so there you go we have this before we get to lower decks you know (laughs) we've got star trek everywhere oh man all right speaking of star trek and having a russian on the bridge let's talk about the bridges of different starships so i put it out there to you guys to think about, I thought about too about what our favorite bridges are on starships or really any ship well, no, not any ship. We're going to keep it to Star Trek. <laughs> but I'll start with you, Katie. What is one of your most favorite bridges? I love Voyager's Bridge. Like, it's it's homey, yet it's professional. It's nice. You have the captain and the first officer on equal footing, practically. It's The chairs are nice. They look very plush. I just think Voyager has one of the best bridges. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's it. I like the way you said that very professional looking. Everything's very laid out. Interestingly, the equal captain's chair and first officer chair always kind of confused me. Like it seemed weird that they're, you know, because if you look at the bridge, like not one of them is in the center. They're both like off to the side. 
you know, right and left, which always confused me a little bit. And a little bit in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, we have the first woman captain, but she's not sitting in the middle of the bridge. I don't know. I True. I, I don't know if I, I try not to read into that. But then we saw the Equinox <laughs> Bridge later in Voyager, and it had the same arrangement as well. So Starfleet just decided to do this for a little while, I guess. But yeah, I, I love the look of the bridge. I always love when it goes to red alert and the lights go down and the red alert comes yes. up. It's pretty cool. I like that one. That, okay, so I'm glad we're starting with that one because that was one that I was back and forth on. I really? like the bridge. I do like it. The only thing I don't like about it is it just feels a little too segmented off, like the levels and I don't know. I I kind of like it being a little more circular, you know? It it that It is it's know? modular. Yeah. It's not that I don't like it. That's what I'm saying. I'm on the fence with it. I, I like the feel of it. I, it does feel comfortable. I would say it's probably one of my top ones, but not my top one. That's why I'm kind of wavering a little bit on it. But yeah, it's definitely one of my more favorites, but not my favorite. Yeah. You know, you know why I think I like it so much is it has space. Like mm. a lot, if you look at a bunch of other of the, say, early on, like, TOS Enterprise, they're cramped. I would not feel comfortable. Like, you get one person who has a sneeze, and I'm like, oh, nope, I would like to have my own space. Like, Voyager, I feel like it would be nice socially distanced. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one, though. I, I, I do like it. And I'm looking at pictures now, and the more I'm looking at the pictures, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm liking this one. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. The, the thing about the captain chairs and the first office chair seen side by side, like, I, I always pictured, like, the captain walking up and the first officer sitting there is like, no, 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 you're in that chair. I get this chair. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> that always, yeah. Like when you first walk on, I'd, I'd be like, oh crap, which one again? <laughs> you got to have a little label on it. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you think about it, it works well with Voyager considering that you had two captains technically with Chakotay and Janeway. And then they decide we're going to merge our two crews. So let's, uh, let's be equal leaders, but I'm the leader. Like mm. <laughs> I can imagine Janeway being like, okay, listen, the chairs are oriented this way. Don't get it wrong. I'm still the leader. <laughs> That's a good point. I wonder if that was the thinking that went into that. That makes a lot of sense that we're, we have two crews coming together. We have the two leaders of each crew, which, you know, after season one, they kind of, really didn't do too much yeah, with that like, but yeah you're you're starfleet now have fun with that yeah exactly <laughs> well they obviously didn't need a counselor because there's not three chairs right so true yes they just live with their own uh demons <laughs> they're just like yeah we don't need we don't have the budget for an extra chair so we'll, we'll just we'll just talk it up amongst ourselves <laughs> Well, there was one until in the first episode and then the counselor died so they removed the third chair and went down to two Aww. There you go. <laughs> no, no. So like, we have a Neelix. Who needs an extra chair? <laughs> we have a Neelix. <laughs> yes. All right. Dan, what's one of your favorite bridges? Okay. Well, I'm going to go with one of the heavy hitters right off the bat. And it's been made fun of a little bit for looking like a, a, a you know, conference room at a Marriott or something like that. But I do have to say I love the Enterprise D bridge. You know, that big homey space, the the neutral beiges. <laughs> <laughs> the carpet. The carpet. The social distance aspect you mentioned, I think is a that's a good <laughs> one for that one as well. Um as, as far as like a functional command area, it does have its drawbacks. I do have to laugh every single time, you know, somebody invades the bridge and threatens the captain and Worf has to jog a little bit down that ramp Whoa. and then jump over the, the railing. It's a little bit silly, but I do love that like natural wood railing behind the captain and, and all of that stuff. It's it's gorgeous. And I'm going to shout out, I think, the ultimate expression of this bridge, which is in Generations, when they added those extra consoles on the left and right, so that when you had it in widescreen, there'd actually be something interesting going on in the in the part of that part of the frame. So, yeah, I really love the the Enterprise D bridge. I think it's it's nice and ostentatious and oversized and beautiful mm -hmm. katie is that one on your list as a favorite not necessarily i <laughs> <laughs> i like it as far as like oh i would love to just be able to sit on the bridge and experience it but when you look at the tactical disadvantages of oh yes uh i'm i'm up at nav or the con and i have to run back to the science station like 
you have to run. It is a large distance <laughs> of nothing to cover. <laughs> so functionality wise, meh, but definitely it fits the ship. Like it's it's it has families on it. It's not purely a tactical or a scientific research vessel. It makes sense you have carpet in nice colors. Like it has to be pretty. <laughs> the, this is another one of those I was on the fence with, but more so I was on the fence with this one than it was with the Voyager Bridge. I like the Voyager Bridge better than this one. I do like this bridge because it does feel more comfy and it's more warm. I like that it has the ramps. And I, I remember reading years ago that was so that uh, people who are disabled that are like, for example, in wheelchairs, they would feel like they could access everywhere on the bridge because there's no stairs. So I like that. But it does feel a bit empty in a way. And a, it just, I, yeah, the whole Hilton, you know, lobby kind of feel or whatever people say about. But I liked it better in the Generations movie. I liked when they added those side compartments there and the lighting of it mm-hmm. made it feel a little more warm to me and also felt more industrial, that there was more workstations, that this felt more like a busy place on the ship. So I liked it a lot more in Generations than I did on the TV series. Not that I don't like the bridge, but it's not one of my favorites. So. What is your favorite? Oh, that's a very good question. This one may surprise you. My favorite bridge, and I thought about this a lot, is the bridge of the Enterprise A in the Undiscovered Country. Yes. (laughs) The ultimate expression of that bridge. Absolutely. I love that bridge. And it's also kind of redressed to use for the Excelsior, too. But I think because there's a lot of graphics in the background and there's a lot of blue and greens and blue is my favorite color. And I don't know. It just, it, it feels again, kind of warm, but it feels very much like a bridge, like a busy place. And there's a lot of things going on there and it's close enough that not everybody's so spread out because if you really think about the logistics, if you're on a bridge and a captain is shouting out orders, you don't want to be so far away. You go, wait, what did he say? What? <laughs> what are you saying? You know, that everybody's kind of within arm's length, but not too close. So I like that style of bridge that we get from TOS, but this is my favorite representation of that bridge. Yeah. I, I love that layout. I love the colors of it. I love that there's actual clocks. If you notice, that's the only time in Star Trek we ever really? see clocks. Yeah. Uh, they're above the, above the workstations around just a little digital time readout. And like it gets referenced a few times in the movies where Spock glances over, says, as of 0800, I take command of this vessel or whatever. And that's the time on the, th- I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> little <laughs> things like that. And yeah, those graphics, the little enterprise that keeps rotating in the background. Are, yeah. I remember as a kid, like just watching that, like, oh, that's a cool graphic. (laughs) The graphics definitely make that one higher up on my list. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad Dan jumped up like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. So Katie, any other bridges that you really like? You know, I was thinking through them all. And, you know, I was thinking, oh, well, what if I switch over to, like, some of the alien species? You know, the Klingons have their ships. And then I thought, I could get tetanus from their ships, so I'm going <laughs> to stick to Starfleet. Uh, and I think, actually, the NX-01, the Enterprise. And the reason why is because I think we could achieve that. Hopefully within my lifetime, you know, first contact, I should be alive for then, uh, <laughs> if it happens on schedule. And uh, I just think of the future of human space travel. That's about the route that we go. And it's cool to see them actually tie that into Star Trek and how we were just fledgling explorers at that point. And it, it actually does have a realistic feel to it. Like, it's something we could achieve. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that because like the basic TOS bridge layout like makes sense with, you know, workstations around the outside view screen in the front and the Enterprise NX-01 takes that design and I think makes it a little better by turning those outside people inwards. And mm-hmm. it's still small and and cozy, but, you know, like was said earlier, it's good to be able to hear the captain when he's giving orders. I like the feel of it. It feels a little more cramped, like a submarine, which is kind of what they were going for. Yes! 
That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, totally. But still really a good design. And I also just, I love that little situation room at the back where they can kind of jump back there and have a little meeting. Exactly. That's my favorite part. I was going to mention, I like the little situation room in the back. I think that's so cool. It makes sense that if you're serving on a bridge, that it's not just the bridge there, you know, that it's more open space of like, you know, because you don't want to go behind the panels into some other conference room. You still want to be actively seeing the bridge so mm-hmm. that you can respond to things if you need to. And that's my favorite part about the bridge. Well, a perfect example of that is in uh, season three of Zadi Prime when, you know, Captain Archer has been taken by the Zindi and y- they are all around the console in the back and everyone's just bustling about the bridge and they're trying to figure stuff out. And like, it makes sense that you have to still listen to what's going on about the ship since you've just been attacked, but also plan a rescue mission, potentially. Like, not having a separate annex room to go to, being able to stay in the loop, definitely something that you would want. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so D- Dan, what do you have another bridge you want to call out? Yeah, I've, I've got a couple more. Um, this one, okay, I'm going to go with, I think, and this is a bit of a strange pick because it seems pretty plain and pretty small, but I'm going with the Bridge of the Defiant. I know it's like cramped mm. and tiny uh, and there's not much to it, but it it fits the ship, right? Just like the Enterprise D bridge fits that ship, the Defiant bridge fits the Defiant. Like it looks like a lean, mean, fast warship you know, everyone's kind of right there. And uh, again, it's kind of got a little bit of a situation room type table at the back as well. I think that was the first time we kind of saw that in Star Trek. I like that. And just behind the scenes info, apparently, I I was reading about this bridge and apparently whenever they had to go to red alert, they actually had to stop filming, change the bulbs and then start filming again. So I just, I think that's hilarious. I think they did fix that eventually, but there was quite a while where that was a big involved process. So uh, I, I don't know if that's unique to that bridge, but I remember reading that and thinking that was hilarious. But yeah, I like it. It's simple. It's got those cool red stripes on the floor. Uh, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I'm picturing Cisco sitting there going, O'Brien, oh, let's go to red alert. And Miles gets up with a box of light bulbs and he's switching them all out. <laughs> oh, that's a frantic scene that I never thought I would imagine, but now I want to see on television. That's true. <laughs> Interesting enough, the Define is number two on my list. Hmm. So I really it's for that reason that it's it's all one level. I have this thing about levels. Mm-hmm. You'll find that out as we're talking about. I like things being, and that's, I think, is back to why I'm kind of iffy about sometimes about the Voyager bridge, because it's like there's steps up and Tuvok and Kim are kind of higher. I, I kind of like everybody being on the same level. And, and, and because everybody's a little close, it just feel like someplace where if I were a captain on the starship, I'd want a smaller bridge where everybody's kind of right there. We're not, all spread out i don't know i just like it and i think the carpet is nice (laughs) (laughs) i want to see okay do either of you want to see a starship with hardwood floors yes (laughs) because i feel like like a ferengi ship or something (laughs) yes yes you got the tropical rainforest of ferenginar you just give some imported wood i think it would look nice you know that i'm glad you brought this up because i always had this vision that in the future, that starships wouldn't look like starships, that they would feel almost very organic, that they would feel like yeah. they're made of wood inside, like they would feel like an old time wooden ship that you hmm. would go into your cabin. And it's like you have curtains and you have hardwood floors and wood paneling, and it doesn't feel like a starship. It feels like almost like Picard's little, you know, chateau room or something. Yeah. Well, I always imagine if you had the resources, just put a holodeck or a hollow suite emitter inside of every room so you can personalize it however you want. Yeah, I would love and and they kind of hinted at this. I would love to see more of the actual starships in Discovery's 32nd century because they talked about scanning the ship saying like this one's made entirely of holographic matrices or something or whatever and all that stuff i want to see those ships because that's a great idea the inside just looking like an old-timey sailing ship or whatever you want kind of thing i love it 
you got Throwback Thursday, and it's just, <laughs> all right, guys, we're living on the bow of a ship headed towards the Netherlands. Here, let's get a Viking ship. This is a total aside, but I, I remember when I was younger thinking that starships had like throwback Thursdays or like Starfleet Day or something, and everybody <laughs> wore old uniforms, whichever era they, they wanted to. And I was like, that's cool. That, could you imagine that being like a party? Like, I love party planning. I would be like, all right, guys, we're going to do a throwback party. Pick whatever era of uniform you want and pop on in. Ah, that'd be Just great. See- Someone in uh, the, the some guy just walk in with the tunic dress, and then you got another person in Kirk's like waist strap band. <laughs> See, I would love that. Back in the day, I thought it was genius because that would give the action action figure manufacturers more stuff to you know be able to sell to the fans, yeah. right? <laughs> the exclusive, the limited editions. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, we have to get that. You know, uh, there's so many fun ideas like that that I always think, oh, that'd be great for lower decks. Like that would be a definitely yes. thing. I'm so like that lower decks gives them so much variety that they can do. Like you can make say a bridge that's completely underwater or you get for an aquatic species, or you can do all these things that would just be horrendous to make in a real life show to put all the CG in. just animate it. And so we could feasibly see some really cool bridge designs with season two, hopefully. Well, I will say that's my next favorite is the Cerritos Bridge. I agree. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. I was wondering if someone would pick that. That's cool. Yeah. Because yep. it's 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 similar in a lot of ways to the Enterprise D bridge, but smaller, you know? And it's got some of the more of those blue colors, since blue's my favorite color. The ramps aren't as wide or, you know, they don't go up as high, so it's a little more level. So yeah, the Cerritos Bridge. Woohoo. Well, I liked it because it is animated. Like, you have the look of the original series, which arguably could be animated and was animated very easily. So (laughs) then you get towards Lower Decks and it's like, all right, we had Star Trek the Animated Series, but this is is a new take on it. So you get to see in modern animation style, pulling from the history of Trek, putting it into a modern lens. I just... It gives me gives me little happy thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're having little happy thoughts. <laughs> yes, as, as does Lower Deck just in general. It just makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm picturing going up on the bridge and saying, I'm having little happy thoughts about being on this bridge right now. Yes! So... I'm going to just throw out here, like, I I don't want to keep going like, okay, your turn, your turn. Let's just like randomly throw things out there still like on your list or even bridges that you don't care for. And uh, Katie, I like how you said earlier about, you know, there's other, of course, alien bridges. And I was thinking of that too. I don't really have one outside of Starfleet, but if anybody has one, throw it out. So, but to your point about the animated series, the thing I like about that bridge is it has another turbo lift that there's two and not just one. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a backup. <laughs> yeah, because what if somebody gets in the one and then they, the doors close and then you're like, oh, I got, I'm next. Ugh, I just missed yeah. it. <laughs> now you got to wait. Darn it. You know, I think as far as other alien species go, Andorians, I really liked their ship for some, like just, I, I love pulling back to Enterprise. I don't know why. I think it's just because it gives me hope that maybe we could achieve this, but it it felt right for their species. You have those cool bluish metal tones. It just and seeing Shran on a bridge was very I love that. <laughs> totally. Totally. Uh so I want to throw out a different bridge here that I loved when I first saw it on screen and that's the bridge of the USS Shenzhou from Star Trek Discovery. Uh, partially because it's on the underside of the saucer instead of the top, which just looked kind of neat. And uh, the layout of it, you know, kind of traditional Starfleet. I really liked that one. I thought that was cool. That's a good call. I like that. I mean, it's not one of my favorite bridges, but I like that whole underneath thing. That makes it really cool and unique. Yeah. Well, I always thought... And I still think, why not have the bridge at the center of the ship? Why put it on the outside where it could easily be blown to pieces? Like, you put that thing like an onion. You encapsulate it. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, I've often wondered about that. I mean, I guess they're going to always going to keep to that because it's just the Star Trek thing to do. But yeah, don't you want to protect the bridge instead of just like one shot on the top? Boom, 
it's gone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because like you have the secondary emergency bridge set up where it's in engineering. Engineering is pretty well insulated. Like, why not just swap those two? No. Make them neighbors. <laughs> well, especially back in the day when, you know, it was just a view screen and you know, nowadays they like to go with like, oh, it's a window that overlooks the ship. And like, okay, if that's what you're going for, okay, that makes kind of sense. But before it was just a view screen. You could have that anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because I think I remember seeing a diagram somebody posted online about the TOS bridge. And if you look at the outside of the ship, what looks like where the turbo lift would be doesn't work with how the set works. So you would have to turn the bridge almost to like 10 o'clock or something mm -hmm. like that. And so the view screen, they wouldn't be really facing forward. They're kind of facing a little bit to the side. And I'm like, well, if it is a view screen and not a window, it could be that way, but that would really be strange. My OCD would prevent me from serving on that <laughs> ship. Like, I'd just be like, guys, we can't go to space, Doc. We got to fix this. Yeah. If, if you read the technical manuals they put out, yeah, that's how they, they do it. That the bridge is rotated slightly to uh, port, I guess, so that the turbo lift is at the very rear of the bridge. Oh, Apparently, no. when they were designing the ship, the, the turbo lift was going to be at the back of the bridge like just straight back behind the captain's chair, but they decided with like the angles for filming, it would look better if it was slightly off to the side. And that's how that all came about. You know, technically you could have, if, if it's not a window and it's just a view screen, you could technically have it facing backwards on the ship. Now, how weird would that be? You're flying backwards. <laughs> that's like riding backwards on a train. It just doesn't feel natural. <laughs> Right, but I'm your right view screen you. is looking forward. So it would look like you're going forward, but you're actually going backwards. I would know, and it would bother me. <laughs> <laughs> All those scenes that they do where they're doing like a hard acceleration or deceleration, they'd have to do it the opposite way, though. That would be really weird. <laughs> yeah, they'd just be like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're accelerating, just whoa! <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard to keep... Wait, do we... Do we go whoa forward or whoa backward? I don't know. It's so confusing. <laughs> Let's just go to the side. So what do what do you guys think of the original bridge, the TOS bridge? I I like it as a classic design. And I do know that uh, I, th I think it was the Navy, some branch of the U.S. military, presumably the Navy. That makes the most sense. Actually, yeah. like examined it for use in real life because it was such a, a good command center design. Uh, and like. Let's be honest, it's kind of what everything afterwards was based upon, right? So I think, you know, for the time coming up with it, I think it's it's a really great design. You've got the captain in the middle, you've got the the helmsman and the navigator right in front, and everyone around kind of equidistant, able to give him reports and stuff. And that big view screen at the front, you know, he invented the the flat screen plasma TV, right? I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. what all our TVs look like now. I think if you think of it as functionality-wise, yes, having a perfect circle around the captain, being able to rotate in your chair to any direction to look, perfect. Building it out of Lego-style plastic bits and bobs, not so great, but I'll, 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 forget, I'll go the building materials for the design and functionality. I think that works really well. So what do you think of the new TOS bridge in Discovery? I like it. I hate to say, I like it. <laughs> it's beautiful. I still, it's so it's so crisp and shiny, and I just it's like, oh, it's so just keep it pristine. Don't go to battle. Just sit in space dock. Let people tour it. It's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it too. And I hear they're making changes to it for Strange New Worlds, so it's not going to look exactly like it in Discovery. That I think they're leaning more towards what we saw in the original series. Uh, I'm not to, not to say it's going to look just like the original series one, but look a little more like that, I think. Mm -hmm. Add, I could see them adding like pops of color and such, but I really hope they don't just like revert it, like say even 50%. I would not be comfortable with that. Like, what? What? You have the discovery, which is this sleek, militaristic thing, and then you just go back to this? <laughs> Who's your interior designer, Starfleet? <laughs> Well, I would say, speaking of Discovery, it's not one of my favorite bridges because it's a bit spread out. It seems mm -hmm. just too big and everybody's too far apart. Like, it really was made for COVID. <laughs> I mean, that's what <laughs> well, it looks it, like. 
it takes the spread out bridge from even from Voyager and Enterprise D and just is like, let's double the space. Like, Mm-hmm. Oh, you are wasting space at that time. Yeah. The one thing I like about it is the design of the helm and navigation consoles, how they kind of slope up from the floor and, and come around. That's the one design aspect of it. I'm like, ooh, I like that. I think that looks cool. But yeah, it's very spread out. Everyone seems really far from each other. I don't know. I, I'm not sure exactly why that decision was made. I guess the widescreen, they want to have... I don't know, a big space. But yeah, that always looks a little odd to me. Now, what if they took the screen and made it a 360? Except for like the turbo lift shaft. Like you actually had a 360 degree view screen. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. And everybody's station is like almost in a circle facing all 360 sides of the screen. Like you're, yeah. everything's very circular, you know? Yeah. Everybody's looking everybody has a window view. Everyone has a window office. <laughs> exactly. Like and if anything pops up tactic wise, like tactically that makes sense. You have eyes everywhere. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Especially if it can you also can have, be like, a window. sunroof. Yeah. Oh, and a sunroof <laughs> yeah. too. Oh the Enterprise D had a <laughs> the Enterprise D had a big skylight. Yeah. Yeah. True. Make it the entire city. You're in a bubble. Basically, I want a bubble bridge. (laughs) A bubble bridge. I love it. (laughs) Okay, so I'm I'm just going to throw out some other bridges. What about going back to the original 1701? We get a refit for the movies. I'm the layout's fine, everything, and it just doesn't really work for me that well. Yeah, the kind of boring. The motion yeah. picture one, some of the pictures you see of the crew members standing around the outside and the like consoles up here and they're <clears throat> and they're standing up doing this. That seems strange. Like they didn't think that out ergonomically. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm with you to Katie too. It's kind of boring. It's bland, right? Yeah. It's like you went from shapes and colors to meh. Mm-hmm. like come on, <laughs> give us a pop. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. I, it's not that I don't like any of the bridges but that we've talked about. But yeah, that one's not a favorite of mine. Mm-mm. So speaking of the 1701, what about the Kelvin timeline? Or, or people refer to it as the Apple Store. I see Dan rolling his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the Lens Flare Lounge? Uh, hmm. Yeah. It's it's not the worst, but it's it's very bright. It's very... I don't know. It was too much of a departure, I think, personally. Uh, lots of lens flares, lots of bright lights shining into the camera. I don't. It was a bit much for me. It was a bit of a visual assault. I, I feel like I never got a good sense of how the whole bridge really looked, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it's just you see bits and it's all flashy and I don't know. Well, what I like... What I thought about, originally, I thought it was beautiful, it's shiny, I love it. And then I look at my own computer and I'm like, I'm on dark screen mode, dark screen mode, dark screen mode. Like, I wouldn't, the white light would just burn my retinas. (laughs) I I just, you gotta have variety, guys. Not everything can just be washed to the silver white light. It's like one of those things where you get off duty and you go to your quarters and you can't see anything. It's like when you go from a bright outside (laughs) to an inside and you're like... Okay, I can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, where did I put my boots? <laughs> I think they added a little more color once they got to the other movies, but mm-hmm. still, it, it's a little too sterile for me. Yeah, it's yeah, it yeah, it feels like it should be more of like a sick bay set than a bridge. Um, mm. I, it's not that I don't like it, but yeah, it's a little too much, too white. And it's it's rec- in recent Trek in New Trek, it's very unique in that. It is not grungy, like, dirty, dystopian ship. Like, it actually is clean cut. And it's, aside from most of sci-fi nowadays, it's actually very polished and proper and prim and well-polished and everything. So, I don't know. It just seemed out of place. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm now thinking the USS Kelvin in the first movie. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that bridge. It had more of a TOS feel to me. Yeah, and it had Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) Absolutely. And it had that kind of um, not quite 360 degree view screen, but there were a lot of kind of windows around that looked out around. I did like that. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of the films, then what about the Enterprise E? Any thoughts on that bridge? This I didn't was like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was one on my list actually. So, oh no, oh, that's okay. That's totally okay. <laughs> there are things I like and don't like about it, though. Too so, the levels that Bruce was talking about. I'm I'm not a big fan of that. I think that's a little. It looks a little difficult to get around in. I'd probably trip over the stairs a bunch of times. Uh, but I like the color. I like like the blue floor lighting and the the kind of color of it and those like warm brown leather chairs that that Picard, Riker, and Troy get to sit in. I don't know. Those like look luxurious to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to pull up a picture so I could properly express <laughs> my feelings of this. So blue and beige. Not a fan of the color scheme initially. Then you got those reddish brown leather chairs, light tan consoles with the, the almost oak colored doors. Just too many colors. <laughs> and then you just you look at the flooring. It's like you're stepping onto a rock sculpture. Like you have low level, medium, high level, extreme high level. There's all these different wobbly bits. I would trip. I would hurt myself. I am accident prone to begin with. I can handle stairs, but these are like jagged cut edges and this and this. It's like, oh, I would hurt myself. I wouldn't be a bridge officer. I'd be too clumsy. <laughs> yeah, those levels bug me. <laughs> those are all the reasons it's not on the top of my list. True. And it's the minimalist style. It's like they walked into a like a home goods and were like, ooh, this would be nice. Let's let's add this nice little chic desk. It's like, okay. Like I get it. It is an advancement. I will give it that. It is an advancement and an evolution. They didn't just completely switch the bridge. It does look similar to Enterprise D. But I'm not a fan. <laughs> I would say that this bridge is probably the most disappointing to me because I think I would love this bridge if it wasn't for all those multiple levels. Like you said, it looks like something you'd be tripping over. You know, there's just too many little levels and little stairs and the consoles are just a little too edgy. Just like everything. It's, I like the colors. It kind of reminds me of a Mercedes I was just in recently. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that feel would be great, but. Yeah, the consoles and and the levels is just doesn't work. It's 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 like it's almost there to me. That would be a perfect bridge if it was just one level, and the consoles didn't look so jaggy. You know, it was just like a little more softer to me. And it would probably be my favorite, if or my second, or my third. It'd be somewhere up there. <laughs> I do kind of miss, like, when you go from the Enterprise D to the Enterprise E, like, it's like they got rid of kind of the embellishments that, that made the Enterprise D bridge pop. And the front consoles are ones that, that bug me a little bit because you had these big ones that kind of, like, moved and twisted in the Enterprise D. And then you kind of jam together the two people at the front on the Enterprise E and have these little tiny consoles so I don't like that, but I do like the wideness. I like the spread outedness of it. I, I, those chairs just, I just want to sit in those chairs. They look comfy yeah. to me. Um, and the blue, I like the blue. I, I, I love when there's blue on a bridge. So I do like that blue flooring color, uh, but you know, I love yeah. blue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, any other ships? I mean, we didn't talk about Picard. There's a good reason for that. You don't? Okay, so the La Serena, you don't like that ship, Bridge? I don't. It seems like they took a, like a, hmm, how do I put this? Like a cargo container and shoved four of them together and we're like, we'll just make it long and we'll put some chairs in the front and it'll be good. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like it, but it, it kind of worked for the junker ship that it was. Yeah, it feels more like a cockpit to me than a bridge, which makes sense because it's a smaller ship. You know, it, it's the same layout as basically shuttlecraft, except you've also got a captain's chair there, I guess. So, yeah, it, it's it's fine. It fits that ship. It's definitely not my favorite bridge. Um, I, I definitely don't think of that whole space as the bridge because that's the whole length of the ship. And you've got the transporter at the back. I think just that front front bit i think of is the bridge and it's yeah it's more cockpity i guess i agree the 
yeah, for the most part, I agree with that. But that's the thing I love about it, too, is that it's not just that bridge or cockpit area. There's other things. It's like I was saying about the NX-01. I like that there's more things behind you. and There are transporters there, and it, it just seems like everything's accessible from that area. And that's the one thing I do like about that ship. I guess if you think of it as... Yeah, if you think of it just as the front, then yeah, it, it would make sense. But I initially, I'm like, oh, well, the, the bridge is its own little entity. Like, you can have little little things like the NX-01, that little room in the back, but like the whole ship. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of like the design like of the ship in that when you get out of that cockpit area, you've got like the kind of level you can see down into the other levels and... I, I don't know. I like that. That gave some neat dramatic stuff where, you know, you've got that camera pan at the end of Picard that goes down and you've got like somebody up top yelling down to somebody down below. And I, I don't know. I, I think that's kind of cool. I like the design of the ship as a whole. Uh, the bridge itself, that cockpit area just feels kind of generic to me, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What about the bridge on Prodigy? Ooh, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to throw Katie off like, wait, have we seen that? Like, they haven't released that, have they? <laughs> I'm excited to see it whenever they come out with it, but I'm like, hmm, that's if you guys have that information, send it my way. <laughs> okay, so top bridges, Voyager and the D and the Undiscovered Country, the NX01, the Defiant, Cerritos, so kind of like those in there so if we combine them all in some manner it would be the perfect bridge so we would have so for dan and me we'd have to have some blue in there mm -hmm. the blue color has to, to be in there but we'll also give it the feel more real like the nx01 for you katie yeah, so it feels more like, like today that. exactly you got some metal accents it's not entirely beige like <laughs> you have functional consoles We'll spread it out just a little with some ramps. Yeah. yeah. Have have that nice panoramic view screen. I think that would be a nice add-on. Totally. One tiny detail of the Enterprise NX-01 bridge that I just love that I, I totally forgot is all of the consoles have like cooling fan bits on the top of them. And I was just, I always notice those and I'm like, what a great little tiny attention to detail that like you don't see on the Enterprise D or anything like that. But us with our processors and, and computing hardware, all these little cooling fans keeping all that stuff cool. I love that. <laughs> you're only saying that because you're hot in Canada right now. That's probably yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything we've missed? I mean, we really just talked about Starfleet bridges but again i can't think of well we did a little bit of the andorian ship but i can't think of any i can't think of anything outside of that that i really like this is the romulan bridge and balance of terror where they're all just kind of gathered around that center console <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just that tiny room that's the one that really pops into my mind but no my favorite bridge of all time in star trek has to be the one that Jordy's standing on in insurrection when he gets his sight back and he's looking at the at the sunset and my least favorite bridge is the one that captain kirk dies on in generations you know Too what soon. <laughs> Wait, sorry sorry Different Dan, notes for a different episode. My bad. You and I have worked together too long at this. Because when I started this whole segment, I said, let's talk about our favorite bridges. I thought, except for the one Kirk died on, is what I almost said. <laughs> well, I was trying hard to think of another bridge. Like, I wanted to juxtapose that with a good bridge. And I was like, oh, the one in Insurrection over the little little uh, stream or whatever. Right. <laughs> oh. Or the, San the, the Golden Gate bridge, bridge in San Francisco. There we go. Yeah, that's a great bridge. Yeah, I like that <laughs> one. <laughs> all right. Well, if that's all the bridges that we have, I'm going to bridge over to the ending of this episode by saying to Katie, thank you for joining us. We love having you. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is always a pleasure to talk with you guys and always talk track. It's, I love it. <laughs> great. So when people want to find you online to talk to you, where can they find you? Absolutely. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at, well, at weather underscore Katie. And that's my handle. Or you can just look up Katie Nicolau, meteorologist Katie Nicolau, somewhere like that. 
Or you can always watch my YouTube channel. I am so many random fandoms, and it's so true because I can't stick to one. And uh, we have a bunch of fun content about different fandoms. So hopefully you can stop by. There's something for everyone. I loved your uh, Doctor Who weather report just recently. Yeah. That was terrific. Yes. That was good. <laughs> well, thank you now that's the first one i'm gonna be doing a lot more once i can compile a few more cosplays like nine the ninth doctor's easy leather jacket black pants we good but uh 10 and 11 are a little trickier so we'll see <laughs> excellent <laughs> i i want a lower decks one from you where you're animated oh, oh my gosh could you imagine that? i can't draw worth a dime i can't even draw on my computer it would be awful <laughs> <laughs> i'd have to bring in some other resources <laughs> Well, Dan, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats. You can also find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Kurtrats Productions, and on Instagram, Kurtrats47, and where else? I guess my website, treklit.com, where I review Star Trek novels, both old and new. And you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex and on Instagram at Admiral Rex, no underscore there. And you can find me occasionally on the Star Wars Report podcast and occasionally on Literary Treks lately. And also you can find me in our Facebook group, our discussion group, as Dan pointed out last episode. So there's our Facebook page, but then there's a Facebook discussion group. So look for a discussion group. Come join us there. We'll let you in. Great discussions going on there. And also we have a Goodreads group that tracks what novels that we're reading in our book club. And so you can join us there too. And of course, we want to thank our patrons on Patreon for supporting this show. We can't do it without you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And again, thank you, Katie, for joining us. Always. Thank you for having me. And I want to say to you and to everyone else listening, and that is to stay positive. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.